Beneath this mask, there is more than flesh. Beneath this mask, there is an idea, Mr. Creedy. And ideas are bulletproof. Why should I trade one tyrant 3,000 miles away for 3,000 tyrants one mile away? An elected legislature can trample a man's rights as easily as a king can. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer. The rest, the wait. This country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who moved forward. They were men. Welcome back to another episode of Where Liberty Dwells with Packing Patriots. Um, guys, I want to, uh, first of all, say thank you for sticking with me this long. Uh, for everybody that is still listening that was a part of Instagram, uh, thank you for keeping up with me. Uh, again, I got IP band and device band from Instagram. So, as of right now, until I get a new device, unfortunately, um, we're not going to be able to have a uh, political account on there anymore uh it's pretty tough but you know it is what it is type of thing next week um i'm having ariel early back on the podcast for another episode super super excited about that uh so today what we're gonna do since it's uh february 6th uh sunday um first part of this is just gonna be kind of a day in the news we're gonna go over the headlines and and see uh some of the news stories and what we can find and talk about um this should be pretty interesting this segment will last i don't know 10 minutes or so and then we'll go into another one this will probably be a relatively shorter episode this time um so just kind of letting you know ahead of time probably 20 30 minutes something like that first headline comes from Breitbart, uh, it says, Rogan under fire apologizes again after inward compilation, uh, beginning of the end at Spotify. So for y'all, that, for those that don't know, uh, Joe Rogan is a, uh, you know, podcast, I'm pretty sure everybody knows that, but he's been under fire recently because he brought a doctor on his podcast to talk about, uh, some COVID stuff. And, uh, the doctor had some things to say that were against the mainstream media's depiction of COVID. So everybody has been trying to get him canceled. Well, he's got the most listened to podcast in the world. He's literally rivaling some uh, news channels on his podcast. So, you know, to actually get him taken off is just something that probably is not going to happen. So according to this article, what people have done is they've dug into his entire history and in doing so uh they have found every time that he has used the n-word um and i'm pretty sure all these times i haven't watched this compilation but um i'm pretty sure they're all a uh a at the end instead of a hard r you know like just about every person does in the hip-hop rap industry but you know the targeting targeting joe rogan so there's you know, there's not a lot you can do about that except, you know, watch it and see, um, 
see what's going to happen, you know, with that. I really don't think anything will, but, I mean, who knows. All right, second thing, um, and a little bit more of an important thing is um, this Russia stuff. So another headline on here says, uh, NSA says Russia could invade Ukraine any day now. Um, you know, of course, it's more fear-mongering. Putin has come out and said, in fact, I'm going to play a um, uh, little snippet of a Putin come out and saying that he is not going to invade Ukraine unless he's attacked. Um, another headline uh, right along with this is from Newsmax. Uh, Pompeo says the Biden administration has lost Trump's deterrence model. Um, and he is just... You know, taking enormous risk with, uh, you know, with everything. Um, numbers again from Newsmax uh, say that an invasion would cost 50,000 Ukrainian casualties within days. Uh, U.S. troops arrive in Poland to reinfor- reinforce Eastern European alliance. Uh, Ukraine not joining NATO uh, definitively. So why does Putin worry? We'll get to my opinion in a second on that. Um, says Russia 70% of Ukraine military buildup. Uh, Kremlin to- is top destination for spooked European leaders. Uh, first reinforcements arrive in Poland, more expected. Again, talking about the U.S. Um, again, this is all on Newsmax. Uh, Fred Fleet says China Russia alliance is incredibly dangerous. I'm quoting that. Um, you know, it's just, it's just one thing after another. Again, this is all fear-mongering. Like, it really is. You just heard where Putin said that he's not planning on invading Ukraine unless he's attacked. Um, okay, so the big thing real quick with, uh, with NATO is, uh, the North Atlantic, or, yeah, the North, whatever, it's an, it's an alliance, um, North Atlantic Treaty something. Uh, anyway, it's, um, you know, it came about after uh, World War II uh, during the Cold War. And, uh, you know, it's basically been a uh, more of a guise type thing against communism. Um, NATO really hasn't done anything against communism. It's just kind of like an official alliance uh, against it. Which is kind of funny because, again, there's been nothing that they've done that has been against it. But I guess it just makes people feel better. Anyway, so the big thing, the whole reason why this started is NATO has been trying to get Ukraine to join the treaty. And Russia still maintains that they hold a claim to Ukraine. Which, you know, the background of that is uh, Stalin took... Uh, control of Ukraine in the uh, 1920s when the Bolsheviks took control of the Russian government and got rid of the Tsars and instituted a communist uh, government. Anyway, uh, Russia went went into Ukraine and uh, did what they call the the Holodurmer. Um, and if you've never heard of that, that is because it has been buried because, you know, the Holocaust and that convenient six million number take priority over the Holly Dermer. The Holly Dermer was the um, 
Russian communist massacre of uh, estimated 11 million Ukrainian Christians. Um, that's one reason why when Hitler drove through Russia, he was so successful is because most of the Ukrainians very willingly joined the, um, uh, the National Socialist of Germany's army because they hated the Bolsheviks. And they understood that at least the uh, Eastern Front armies were trying to get rid of communism, which I don't think anybody can have any different opinions of. That was the entire goal of that that front of the war. Uh, anyway, so Ukraine is you know insane that Ukraine and Russia have always been at total odds with each other. Uh, recently. Uh, or at least in the past 20 years, Russia has kind of gone from the Soviet Union to more of a reverting to more of an imperialist uh, state. Believe what you want to. The news says that Russia is still communist. The Russian economy says a different story. It's more regulated. Capitalism more in line with an imperialist agenda, um, more so than anything else. Um, you know, this is just something to, something to kind of chew on. Um, so anyway, that's, that's where it's whole thing. And if, if, uh, if Ukraine joined NATO, then they would be right at Russia's doorstep, number one. But number two, uh, they would be, in Russia's view, taking Russian land. So that's also another big thing. Um, moving on. To one more, because I said, you know, we'll be done in 10 minutes, and my goal is to be done with this segment in 10 minutes. Uh, let's see. Uh, going over to the Gateway Pundit now. Uh, a Danish newspaper admits failure and apologizes for not questioning the government's COVID-19 narrative. Hmm, that's uh, interesting. Uh, oh, back to Russia. China and Russia issue statement urging Biden to abandon the Cold War methodology and stop NATO expansion. Again, that goes back to the Ukraine stuff. Uh, China's just stirring the pot. They hate America. And if they could, if they could win, which I think they could, but if, if they think they could win, they would be already invading America right now. They're still uh, not 100% sure, which is why they have uh, Stacey Abrams panics, deletes maskless photo of her surrounded by masked children during a visit to the Georgia to a Georgia elementary school. Oh, this is my home state. Goody, goody, goody. I hate Stacey Abrams. I hope she loses in a humiliating way. Um, I'm kind of not expecting the best, though, because of the voting machines that Georgia still has. We haven't changed them out since the uh, 2020 presidential election, so who knows. But, uh, you know, hopefully... She doesn't win. I hope, I really hope she doesn't. We would deserve for her too because of how brain dead this state has been. But, you know, I still hope she does not. Uh, it says, war, uh, another one says, Warmonger Jake Sullivan, who's behind the Trump Russia hoax, says if war breaks out, it will come at, at an enormous human cost to Ukraine and a strategic cost to Russia as well. Yeah, I mean, Warmonger is all you need to read in that. Um, oh, here's a good one. Uh, January 6th prisoner Jake Lang speaks, speaks out from a jail cell on day six of hunger strike. Has lost 15 pounds in six days. 
DC elites, rhinos, and media ignore his plight. You know, this is, okay, so this is the last story we're going to do. Um, I'm going to actually click on this to read you a little bit more. Um, so, for those of you who don't know, there's been hardly any charges filed against these um, political prisoners. And they are political prisoners. But, it's interesting... It's, it's very, it's, in a way, it's uh, history repeating and rhyming within itself. So, for, y'all, for those of y'all who don't know, I've done several episodes on the IRA, and this is one of those stories that really kind of goes to show why the IRA was so, succe- so successful. Um, because it had people like this who will die before they bend a knee, even in prison. Um, he actually, this guy, uh, Jake Lang, actually did not go into the Capitol. He was on the stairs. He, um, he got trampled. Um, and he just, he never got, got into, to the Capitol. Uh, he went back to the stairs where he had stayed the whole time after he drug somebody to safety who was trampled along with him um, and confronted the police who were still there attacking and beating uh, the Trump supporters. And he uh, was, of course, arrested for that. And last week he said that he was going to start a hunger strike until two of the uh, Capitol Police officers, uh, Lieutenant Mike Bird and L- Lilia Morris, are arrested for their crimes on January sixth. Um, but it, it goes back to the to the IRA um, issue of when Bobby Sands and Francis Hughes and uh, the other uh, thirteen or fifteen, maybe it's more than that. I know it's thirteen or fifteen uh, IRA soldiers started their hunger strikes. Um, you know, it's just, it's scary to see that coming to America, but it's also kind of uh, more or less expected at this point from a, from people who have their eyes open about it. You know, it's just, it's, it's something that nobody really, unfortunately, thinks about. Um, and I'm going to avoid spending too much time on it or mentioning buzzwords, because I know that Spotify has been known to... Uh, take down some podcast episode. I don't think mine will because it's not anywhere near as big as to gain notable recognition. But, you know, it's still it's still there. Um, you know, it's just it's something that it should be talked about at least to bring to y'all's attention. Alright, so for the next segment, uh, I'm going to continue reading um, some of my posts I had written down is more like uh, recorded speeches. Uh, this will take like five minutes. And, you know, I think after, I think after this time, I'll probably do it every once in a while. Not, uh, not all the time or anything like that. So the first one uh, is one of my favorite ones that I've written. Uh, it was written around a quote that I really, really liked a lot. And I have, you know, expounded on that. So, 
Uh, here we go. <clears throat> Duty is ours. Consequences are God's. What a powerful line. It is a line that inspires the deepest depths of your soul. It is a freeing and comforting thought. The ancestral fire that our fathers handed down to us has grown dim. The fire that I pass on to my descendants will be fiercely burning. People say over and over again that it is hopeless. They refuse to acknowledge that men and women of my generation and the younger generation are starting to find that ancient respect for bloodline and for nature. They refuse to acknowledge that more and more people are turning to Christ, that we are collectively refusing to tolerate evil, refusing to allow the evil to prosper as it has done for decades. The reason that line is so powerful is that because it relates to us what we already know in our souls. That is, that we have our duty to perform, and that we must perform that duty regardless of any uncomfortable consequences or unjust punishments. What follows our duty is left to what Christ allows to happen, for we cannot see into the future. The more and more desperate and hopeless the situation becomes, and is viewed as, the more paramount it becomes in our hearts to stay steadfast in our biblical convictions, morals, and faith. The time of timid Christians and weak men is coming to an end very quickly. Even now, we are molding our generation into strength, hope, faith, courage, honor, and integrity that our forefathers imagined that we might become. We are carrying the torch that they lit that has grown dim and almost been extinguished. We will bring it back with a roaring vengeance. We are not defeated. We are not conquered. We are not giving in. Our backs remain straight in defiance of unjust orders. We bow to none save Christ. We stand with honor and with an undying and unyielding commitment to defend our blood. We refuse to be defeated, and we will stand as valiant men have done. Come what may, we will suffer any consequence, victory or death, and we will accept nothing less. For we remember, duty is ours consequences are gods anyway i wanted to read that because that's like i said that's been one of my favorite uh pieces that i've written i just really really took to heart and loved the um the the pure weight that that line has uh to people that want to actually do something um and want to make sure that we save our people. Um, you know, it's it's something that every man, woman, and child should memorize and take to heart. Duty is ours. Consequences are God's. I mean, it's it's you know, it's just what I wrote. It's such a freeing and comforting thought and line. You know, I mean, we do what we do, and the rest is literally out of our hands. All right. Um, so, just like you did last week's, um, or I guess a couple weeks ago now, um, podcast episode, I'm going to play a little uh, video. Um, it's actually going to be about masculinity. Uh, before I do that, I'm going to kind of talk about it a little bit, and then... Play the video and then it's you know, a podcast can be done this week. I promise you, a short one, and I do intend to uh, ensure that it is. 
Um, so this is talking about the uh, seven stages of man. And it's, uh, or no, eight stages of man, excuse me. It's such a good, um, good little piece. Um, it really breaks down your life into these stages and talks about, you know, what each one, uh, you know, represents and how each man kind of goes, goes through it. Uh, it's very thought-provoking, in my opinion, very cultured and poetic. Uh, and I do think that the, that's something, unfortunately, we have gotten away from is our people, uh, and I say that if you're European blood, have forgotten the architecture, the music, the culture, the writings, the just everything. We should be proud of it. Our forefathers and our ancestors fought and died for it. They wrote it. They created it. It's something that, unfortunately, especially in America, we've forgotten. We see buildings made of glass that are square and rectangle, um, that are made of concrete. There's no beauty in them. Uh, there's no uh, meaning in them. Usually courthouses are the only ones that are uh, made with any type of skilled architecture um, or design. So anyway, like I said, I just wanted to, you know, kind of reintroduce culture into uh, my listeners. Um, and again, I thank you all so much for staying with me and listening through my countless bands and zucks and accounts and... <laughs> All, all that stuff. Um, again, next week we're going to have Ariel Early on. Uh, it is going to be phenomenal, phenomenal guest. I'm working on getting some more. Um, I do think after uh, this season, so probably this summer, uh, it will be uh, two years doing this podcast and uh, you know, release a uh, special episode. Uh, anyway, so thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this, and we will see you next week um, with another episode of Where Liberty Dwells. Again, this is your host Packin' Patriots saying thank you so much and we will see you next week. All the world's a stage. And all the men and women merely players. They have their exits and their entrances. And one man in his time plays many parts. His acts being seven ages. At first, the infant, mewling and puking in the nurse's arms. Then, the whining schoolboy, with his satchel and shining morning face, creeping like snail, unwillingly to school. And then the lover, sighing like furnace, with a woeful ballad made to his mistress' eyebrow. Then a soldier, full of strange oaths and bearded like the pard, jealous in honor, sudden and quick in quarrel, seeking the bubble reputation, even in the cannon's mouth. And then 
the justice, in fair round belly with good cape on lined, with eyes severe and beard of formal cut, full of wise saws and modern instances, and so he plays his part. The sixth age shifts into the lean and slippered pantaloon, with spectacles on nose and pouch on side, his youthful hose well saved, a world too wide for his shrunk shank, and his big manly voice turning again towards childish treble, pipes and whistles in his sound. Last scene of all that ends this strange eventful history is second childishness and mere oblivion. Sans teeth, sans eyes, sans taste, sans everything.